knowledge starts with with the individual. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan, and I'm talking fast today because my guest that's coming on right now, we've already been going. So the stuff that we're just injecting into the show, we've already had some amazing technical conversations because she is the co-owner of the Digital Sandbox you know, and a marketing professional with 15 years of experience. But the cool thing is that she has partnered with a, a large company in the, in the tech space called Kaseya to advance cybersecurity compliance and prevention. So she is helping a tech company with the tech, helping a cybersecurity company with their own cybersecurity, which is pretty amazing. Amanda Poplin, hello. Hello, Rick. How are you? I am lovely today. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I know we're just kicking it off, but we were told we just kept we just started into it, didn't we? And yeah, I know. I know. So we'll get <laughs> I have that back. Way on people. <laughs> we'll get back into it. I know that's going to be injected here somewhere in the show. But there's uh, so stick around for that. We got into a lot of really cool stuff about malware and the newest stuff that's out there to really trick even someone like Amanda or myself. That, that are things there, even with our knowledge and our backgrounds, the stuff that's coming out is just so crazy in, in uh, just its ability to just snag our brains and shift us into that mode to where we're going to get sucked into these schemes, too. Isn't that crazy, Amanda? It is. Well, it is absolutely crazy. And it's gotten I, I want to say I think I began to get worried the beginning part of December before Stellar Winds broke. Um, I. I, so I can forensically go in and do a trace and I do it with my brain. So I'm very good at that, um, which makes me a great SEO person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, because I'm kind of like uh, Rain Man when it comes to data. I can pretty much take data set and, and it looks fumbled to everybody else, but I can trace it and trace it very fluidly. And um, it might take me eight hours or a day to find it, but I do pretty well. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, it wasn't more of the content of the email that I saw. It was how it bypassed um, the security filter that was put in place on the particular client. Um, it bypassed the security, email security altogether. And Microsoft didn't even flag it either. Now, what was the most interesting thing, and I'm very fortunate, I know a lot of um, awesome tech people. Um, I do not pull the awesome tech card very often, <laughs> but if I have to, you know, if I have to go and call in a favor, I, I have some pretty good people with some really good high up credentials. <laughs> and um, I don't do that. I haven't had to utilize it, but in the last few months, I've actually utilized more of their skill set um, because I, I, I needed to make sure what I was seeing kind of understood, but so it was a phishing, just like a generic phishing thing. Hi, give me $10,000 to the accounts payable person. Um, you know, so it was a poor attempt. You can definitely tell that it was a scam. Um, however, it did have an, uh, like an actual setup account, um, you know, with the trade, you know, like a real checking account. And it was supposedly put into this employee's name. 
Um, however, the, um, the employee um, obviously did not request for the stuff. And he, when he called the bank, um, he, uh, they said, yeah, you know, the account's for real, but it's not in your, you know, I can't <laughs> confirm if it's in your name or not. Um, he said, okay. Um, so ran a trace on the email, saw where it kind of originated um, because he was actually popping in. He was like logged in to four different places, Miami, South Dakota, North Africa, and two locations in North Africa. And this was like minutes and minutes apart, right? And I was sitting here going, at some point, do you, I think Microsoft has to figure out that this is happening and this should be odd and think. weird. Yeah. Do you know what they were using? Hmm. They were using an online, an old version of online exchange. <laughs> when I saw the EXG <laughs> 7, I was like, oh, no, they didn't. Here's the crazy thing. So the person that it you know came from, um, it did not, if I forwarded it to that person within the, our domain, he didn't get it. And it was like a ghost Wow. complete ghost it just did not work so microsoft solution is well you don't utilize our solution so you're going to have to go to to your security people and so when i go to the security people i'm like this is i said this is really weird i said i've never seen anything ghost itself like that you know i never and it scared me it scared me quite a bit and i think what made it even worse was because they didn't have the tools um put in place to be monitoring, um, you know, for their dark web activity, um, or really have like, you know, the most updated equipment running. Um, and so when I saw that come through and I had somebody basically ask me, he goes, well, what do I need to do? And I said, he goes, we well, you know how did this happen? I said, I'm not really sure. And unfortunately with the tools that I'm provided, I cannot, I cannot provide that information for you. The best thing I can tell you is, is, He's like, well, they don't have my social security number. I'm like, I don't know. That person obviously bought the $2 version of you. Yeah, no kidding. However, you could be a $20 version, you know, which gives you the full credentials or whatever. And I said, do you want to take that chance? Because it's going to be a lot more difficult to clean up and explain to, you know, to people when you go to build a house, you purchase, you want to grow with your business. You know, I was like, it's just too much. Does it, do you really, do you really need to worry? You know, should you really kind of just shrug it off? Absolutely not. And at that point, because I had not seen anything quite like that. Um, I just, I just had the, it, this is like first part of December and I can't remember when solar winds happened. What was it like mid December? I think? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but proceeding up yeah. to that notion, there was just so much, so much coming through so much, you know, was happening, just weird things. But then when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, these people are accessing backdoor sockets that are, that really are old, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and of course, you know, what happened with solar winds? Somebody goes and implants something that hibernates itself for, for over two weeks and then begins to collect data. And, I don't know about me, but I don't kind of want people knowing what the nuclear weapon codes are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I kind of get scared that even the president knows what the nuclear weapons are. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I would not want to be tasked with that with that uh, that heavy burden. Yeah, no kidding. It's a, so, that that breach was very interesting too because there's some keys in what you said that I mean even those in our industry don't really understand, and it's. It's the way that the humans think and that, the, you know, if we could even just use the generic term hackers, you know, mm. when the solar winds was implanted, it was two weeks before it started gathering data. And then it was That's even right. a while after that before anybody even noticed anything. And we call it a foothold, right? So they, they established yeah. their foothold. And when that happens, when you finally notice that something's a little crazy, they've been mm -hmm. in there for weeks, if not months, if not years oh, yeah. already. You know, and now yeah. you're just figuring this out because they'll gather data. And this is, you know, even with ransomware, you know, it was almost like when, <laughs> when the ransomware kicks in, they've mm -hmm. already been on your systems for an average of about six months. They've had that foothold there and they've been just right. monitoring traffic, monitoring your data, your, everything from data at rest to data in transit and mm -hmm. gathering information about how you do business gathering exactly you know just it's it's intel it's not systems and, and that kind of stuff it's intel about you as a person as a company to to see what your communications yeah. look like that way they can target you with something that you just told me about is this you know it, it, the the fishy uh, you know, really weird looking thing that says, hey, send me $10,000 accounts payable, whatever. Right. People are keen on those now, at least they're getting to that point. But when they add an information like you were talking about, like a checking mm -hmm. account number that's legit, you know, in that right. person's name or whatever, now they, they have that insider human information that would not have existed or they would not have known without having that foothold established in the first place. So the point right. to where you see oh no, somebody's in my system. That's just when you notice it. That's it. Exactly. They've been exactly. there already. They've been camping out, hiding yeah. in the closet, right? Just roaming around your house, in your castle without you seeing them, almost like a, a ghost scenario for months, if not years already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, and I think just the very nature with how pretty much when, you know, especially when companies that are held responsible for high-end security because they're obtaining super sensitive information on, on people like you and myself, um, you know, it's, it's not fun, you know, because then it, it takes people several months to, to, you know, to come forth. I mean, I think there was a, there, I was just reading the other day, there was a hack and I cannot believe it or not. I can't remember. It's an insurance company, um, in the Northeast. They actually got ransomware back in March, I believe. Do you know, they still have not made a public statement. <laughs> and they ended up having to pay several million dollars to get yeah. their data back. Now, my father, who is a network engineer, he said, he goes, I don't understand why people can't back up. He goes, I got hit with ransomware several times over my career. I just backed it up, back up everything, restored it. <laughs> so it really does expose the simple fact. These people are not just, you know, randomly looking they're looking for people who, you know, like Colonial Pipeline, who are having discussions here and there, but clearly they don't, they're not going to implement anything. Um, and, 
you know, and I think it's ridiculous when the IT, you know, the IT managers quit it for saying, well, we were looking into um, cybersecurity solutions. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we had this thought one day. <laughs> you know, it was discussed. And then the next thing you know. Yeah. And, you know, so you have to break it down. And um, Tim, um, his name is Tim Nitron. He is, um, I can't even remember the name of his company, but he's, um, him and his partner run a, run a MSP. And they're in kind of like North, uh, uh, Western North Carolina. He's in Tennessee. Um, and they kind of float around in this area. And he basically, he just said to me, he said, um, you know, he said there was a company that they were having to work with. They kept going to him saying, you know, to the owner, look, you need to get something. You have to have some kind of preventive. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Guess what? He got hit. They were down for almost a month. So not only did they feel bad for the bill that they had to give that client, because that's $185 for technicians to specialize in recovering the stuff. Yeah. Um, they, you know, so he said on a $30 million a year business, if they're generating that much revenue, he says that comes up to $86,000 a day that you lose when with revenue yeah when you cannot work yeah. and when you when he put it in terminology like that and you broke it down into a day colonial pipeline i think it, you know which i think this is a very big flop they said it was 500 million was their revenue so i broke that down that's 40 that's almost 42 million dollars a day excluding the 9 million dollars or however much they had to pay to get to get yeah, the data for sure. back that's insane. You know, and there's no excuse for that. There's absolutely no excuse for nobody to be just him hauling around, especially with an organization that large running on outdated outlook. Yeah. <laughs> it's no ridiculous, kidding. you know, and policies. I mean, it's nice to say, you know, yeah, I'm glad that you brought, you know, this antivirus three years ago, but the landscape is completely different. I can't keep a hold of it. And I do this for, for a living really. And, um, and if I, I've seen the damage that it does with one person who got a credit card, um, offer or credit card offer from somebody's mailbox took her seven months just to catch the person that's excluding the damage that one person did. And that's not on the web. That's not, you know, the internet's everywhere. Right. And I hate to say it, but, you know, just as well as I do, identities, your credentials, they're sold kind of like an eBay, you know, yeah. they go anywhere from like a dollar to, you know, to 13 bucks. Depending on so, what information is included in that record. Yeah, exactly. If it's just your yeah. name and your, your email address, you're, that's on the cheap <laughs> side. But if they want the full package that jumps up and now they've got social security number, uh, address history, your kids' names, your social profiles. Yeah your bank account numbers, even your bank account logins. Yeah. That's the, that's the premier version. Right? And yeah, that's like a whole other carbon copy of yourself. Yeah. How many carbon copies do you want? Cause I really would hate to see someone who's got a business owner that has really good credit. And I know a lot of them to not be able to go in and borrow money from a bank. Cause I think they're going to be really confused Yeah, when they're told they told no, because they're not used to being told no. And a lot of it comes down to, okay, so you don't want to spend 11 grand. Dude, it's expensable. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a tax write-off. 
I mean, I'm like, you're not, you're not logistically, you know, making sense in any regard that would, that would, you know, determine. Now, if I told you that you needed to spend $6 million, I think you kind of should probably reassess that, you know, cause I can imagine that would be very expensive. How, however, it's a lot more expensive when, you know, when your company's not up and running and, and I just, I know, I, I know really wealthy people who've had their identities hacked and, and they make some of my clients, you know, look, <laughs> look like, uh, poppers yeah. with the amount of money that he do. So I can't even imagine on a large scale, like having a lot of money and, and having your identity stolen. You know, we actually had a client that that happened to you and he said, it's the worst thing that will ever happen to you. He goes, that is no joke. And I wish I could make him the poster child because he really is, he's a demographic that, you know, for the large part, people think, you know, are untouchable, you know, well, they're not, they're more of a target. They, they love it. I mean, you know, (laughs) they love credentials. They love credit card information. I can't begin to tell you how many times I have clients that have to switch their information four or five times a year on their credit card you know, is just unfathomable. And like, at this point, like, you know, when are you going to accept the fact that you need to be aware that this is, this is no joke. And if they have access to your personal information, imagine what they can do with a whole network of people who are doing very well, who are, who are great sources and, and just as resellable as you, Yeah, you know? Do you feel like we've crossed the threshold now to where (laughs) the awareness is at a point to where everybody should at least know about it and now it becomes blissful ignorance if they do nothing about it, almost like stupid ignorance? (laughs) I don't feel that we're 110% there. I do think that we're immensely more, a lot more closer than what we were because I think, I think as a, as a, well, as a country and as, you know, we have not held any other company, these third party companies who get these breaches accountable. And so by the time this stuff gets told, you know, it's several months down the road. I got my information hacked. It was just credentials. Yeah. They were, they were accessing my Uber account, you know, and because thankfully I set up two factor authentication, I was getting the authentication. I'm like, you know, and even at that point I wasn't putting two and two together. I had a couple of, you know, instances like that just happen. And that's when I found out, you know, um, you know, because they offer the dark web um, ID monitoring, you know, it's on a domain level. Okay. That is by far the, the most affordable tool that your company could invest in because it's going to tell you what has been leaked out when it's been, you know, how it's been recirculated and all of that data does get recirculated. So something got hacked in 2016 and you still haven't changed your password. Guess what? It's going to happen again. Or you change so, the one at the end to a number two, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, or, you know, or you put, you know, instead of, you know, having your, your wedding date um, properly done, you could do it the English way. Well, Yeah. People, you know, and I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I'm sure you are, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so, so I just, I, I just don't feel that America is quite there. But I do believe people need to be held accountable. 
for sure. Because security is obviously not a top priority to them. You know, so with these insurance companies that are getting hit or the colonial pipeline, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to pay for it. Basically, you got to think about it. These taxpayers are going to have to, to, you know, pay for that. Yeah. And, and I can't even imagine medical records being, you know, especially with these insurance companies. And like, all it takes is one person to open one email. And the hell that I had rain on me a month and a half ago, pretty much made me basically say, if people, I will no longer take on clients who do not have some kind of disaster backup plan. Yeah. And I don't like working on old hardware because it's old hardware. Um, and I'm not that great of, um, you know, I could put a computer back together I could put a laptop back together. Don't ask me to put a server back together because how I deal with servers and printers, not the way that you're going to want to deal with them when they don't work. And that usually involves something very hard and a lot of rage. And I'm a redhead. So you, <laughs> you do the math on that. That's great. You, you, yeah. You, it's awesome. You're fire hosing a lot of things today. And, you know, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest gap I see in cybersecurity, because, you know, as you're talking about all these large scale breaches, right? With, with colonial pipeline, with, you know, let's even look at Equifax a few years back. Oh my, you know, yeah. And or, just recently with the API. Yeah, exactly. Those, you those know? things, you know, from an American public, cause you said it, as America, we're not quite there yet from an awareness perspective. And one of the reasons I see for that is because <laughs> there hasn't been an ownership of responsibility coming from the individual. It's, oh, right. well, that was Equifax's problem, you know, WTF exactly. Equifax, so that was Colonial Pipeline's problem, what, WTF Colonial Pipeline, you're the ones that screwed up and you're the ones that have to fix it, but there hasn't been that transcendence yet to where it becomes, <laughs> oh, the reason this happened to me is because of something that I did or I didn't do. And right. that's why I got hit. Right now, it's like, oh, I'm in the same pool as 100 million other Americans. It must be their right. fault. There was nothing that I could have done to protect myself. It must be their fault. And then the government steps in and says, <laughs> we're going to create this executive order that says you have to do this. Right. And, you know, or we're going to research this. You know, it, it was such propaganda that it got me so pissed off. I'm like, this is just saying, yeah. oh, we know there's a problem. We don't know what to do about it. We're just going to try to make ourselves look good because even the government passes responsibility uh, over now yeah. to Colonial Pipeline or Equifax or Marriott or, or whatever else. The only right. way that we're going to make headway in cybersecurity in our own lives is if the individual says, I need to take responsibility for my own protection, my own safety, and I'm going right. to own that because it's up to me. Like you said, with multi-factor authentication, put that on all your stuff. Come on. That's up to you. That's right. I mean, and I don't, you know, and I hate to say, I mean, not everything that I, that I do is, you know, multi-factor authentication, but 98% of the stuff that I'm, I'm doing now is done. And I don't have know, it on my I Netflix people, account, you know, but I sure as hell have it on my bank account. Neither do I, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, or um, I kind of want to know if somebody's trying to get into my Square account, you know. Yeah, exactly. Or try to hitch an Uber ride with me. Like Park Mobile. Didn't even know Park Mobile got breached. And my stuff, because um, I actually put my my personal and my business partner Jennifer's uh, personal Gmail accounts in there because I have not ran it. Um, I know that, you know, stuff's been breached. Obviously I just did yeah. not want to get the notifications, but I bit the bullet. Didn't even know park mobile. 
app had been had been hit and you know that's got your that's got a, your car information that's got locations that you've been to um it's in i mean it's just insane and like you said i've had so many people tell me well i invest in this and i invest in that um it's you know and if it doesn't work out whose fault is it well i basically stood in in the office back in december and i looked at, i looked at the guy and I said well it's not my fault <laughs> and um i told you from day one i don't work on really super old servers i was like i think you need to go back to your homeboys who who initially set it up and you know i was like because the fabric of god's been making yeah. that run and trust me i think when we retire that server needs to go to jeffersonian because it really <laughs> has lasted so long <laughs> it's like you a know? mutant or something yes i mean it's crazy i mean and they were actually running exchange on-prem 2010 okay i have not worked with 2010 oh I don't even know if my dad remembers working with 2010. Because it's okay? 11 freaking years old. <laughs> yeah. And 11 years ago, guess what? I was 20 something years old and an a-hole. So I didn't really want to even like learn how to do stuff like that. I freak out like when people do remote desktop to connect to stuff. I don't know why. Cause it is, you know, it can be a secure thing, but do you really want to take that chance? Yeah, for <laughs> <You> sure. <know? laughs> <laughs> oh my it's God. Like, mm, it's way too much. It's just, you know, and like I said, knowledge starts with, with the individual because you cannot naturally assume or point fingers be like, well, I pay all these third party people to encrypt this data. Why would this, why would this be my issue? Why, you know, it's not, I'm like, well, it's going to be when you have to call up, your customers, okay, and you start circulating through the press that you've been hit and you have to, you know, I'm like, do you really want to take that chance? I was like, because I'm going to tell you now, guess who they're going to come to? They're not going to call, you know, um, Square and make a complaint. Yeah. They're going to call you because yeah. it's your fault. And you can just not naturally assume, like you said, it's blind. It's just a blind way of living. It's kind of going, well, you know, I know that I can't eat all this crap, but I'm going to continue to do it anyway. Cause, and then yet I know that that's what jacks up, you know, my, you know, my cholesterol and I have bad heart problems in my family. It's kind of like you're running on just a cycle and it's a hamster wheel and I'm not a hamster wheel kind of gal. I, in fact, I get very nauseous on a hamster wheel <laughs> and I, you know, and I've had to, I've had to actually, I just recently made the decision to, um, to, you know, to know kind of several ties with, um, with a company that I just professionally, I did not want to, um, I could not, I could not provide them, you know, the level of time and cleanup that I wanted to continue to do. Um, when I just inevitably, it was only, it's only a matter of time, you know, it's, it's not if it's when at this point. Yeah. And I have my reputation to worry about, you know, <laughs> I want to work for, you know, get contracts for the DOD, you know? Oh, exactly. They're not, you become a pariah. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. like the IT guy from colonial pipeline. Well, we did talk about it. They don't care. They do not care, you know, but they will care when somebody is looking to point the blame and unfortunately i was not going to be uh, i mm -mm, didn't 
did not want to be that person. And it was a very difficult decision, uh, you know, especially financially. Um, but I have my morals and I have, and there's just too much I have seen. And when I had, you know, a spearfishing attack happen in one location, kind of thought, you know, I had had somebody literally texting me going, I'm watching my email be created, go to a draft and then delete itself. Yeah. And I'm not the one doing it. I'm like, what in the world did you do? This is where graphics could have come in because that would have kind of stopped it. And then, you know, that expelled over, um, you know, and then you're walking around going, well, you know, what did you do? Well, I didn't open it. <laughs> okay. Well, are you, are you from Miami? Do you live in Miami? Because that's where your cell phone was signed in on Saturday, you know? Um, but it was so weird. Um, it, it was an old, it's an old school technique. I'm pretty sure my dad could probably break this down a lot more. Um, but it was, it came in form of like an Adobe attachment initially. Um, and it can't originate it from, from it in our office. Okay. Somebody that they would know, click it to open the document. Um, and then bam, that, you know, it had your credentials and what it was doing is it was kicking itself. So the emails were actually kicking themselves into like an RSS feed or an hmm. archived file. But guess how they were doing the emails. And this is an old school wild card. This is proper like exchange. You know, it's so simple. It's stupid, right? Yep. They were taking their email, putting the first initial starring out the rest to the last initial and it had the domain and that's how they <laughs> literally were bypassing it. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, this, you know, it wreaked havoc horribly for three days of my life. I did not sleep. And I think I had a re actualization moment when my four-year-old daughter came, uh, woke up the, you know, one of those mornings walked in, she goes, you didn't come to bed again, mommy. And I think that's when, when I, I made, I made a decision Yeah. at that point. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to continue to clean up this, this mess because <laughs> it's just going to get worse. And you know what? I'm not going to get blamed for it. And I pretty much, you know, stood my ground when it came to that discussion in December and I'm just not willing to you know, risk my reputation, you know, and ruin my career yeah, <laughs> and ruin yeah. my knowledge by staying with people who are literally, you know, somebody who's on a seeking ship and they don't want to see any change in it, you know? That's important um, for those that are in our industry too, when you choose to work with certain clients <laughs> or certain people, because it's, a, I've been right. in those scenarios before too, to where, and this comes back to the ownership of responsibility. <laughs> Is that generally mm -hmm. speaking, the, there is that desire, you know, for a client or an employer, if you're in our industry of cybersecurity, to say, I'm going to transfer that ownership of responsibility completely to you because I don't want to have anything to do with it. You know, and right, I, yeah. I need somebody to blame. Mm -hmm. That way it's not me at that point, you know, yeah. when something does happen. And it's important for us in our industry to recognize that and, to, and not say, hey, I'm going to be the cleanup person all the time. You know, yes. the, I, I'm not, I'm not a cybersecurity janitor, 
you know, now they, they sort of exist, I guess, you know, but I, because <laughs> it, well, somebody has to do exactly, it, right? I mean, but those are like downhill <laughs> right on, but those are the ones that, that specialize almost like crime scene cleanup crews. Right. But when they come in yeah. after a bloody murder, that's all that's left to do is just clean up the blood. There's nothing going forward from that. Exactly. <laughs> and you're praying that none of the brains have dried yeah. you know, because brain matter concrete completely impossible to get up once it dries for sure there, now, there's no recovery yeah. they're only there for cleanup no. there is no recovery at that point and those are the companies that no. specialize in that you know, so yeah. as we do business with people we have to realize that <laughs> there needs to be in our sales and this is actually a good shift into a conversation because i had a question around what your sales process is you know <laughs> the, things how, how you make people aware you know because i love your phrasing on a lot of these but when we're using that when we're in that sales process of just helping them understand that, listen, I'm not coming in to be the fall guy. I'm coming in yeah. to educate you to make the proper decisions that you need to do. Because if you don't make the proper decisions on things that I recommend, it's okay, but I don't have to stick around. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'm not, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think when basically, you know, somebody just, you know, half-heartedly goes, well, if it's not my fault, whose fault is it? Well, I hope you're not looking at me <laughs> because I didn't build that server. I told you from day one, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to mess with that server. I don't want to mess with the server. Um, screw the server. <laughs> the server <laughs> needs to go. Um, I said, I did you a favor getting, you know, getting you out of, <laughs> of exchange. So this way you wouldn't have a, like a catastrophic fail with you running your exchange on-prem. And I said, you're in the cloud now. And I was like, you know, that's just one part of it. But yeah. now your your whole schema has changed the way that people connect, the way that people do stuff. And I said, you know, and just with everything that's been going on and how easy and how much I'm seeing. I mean, when I sit down and kind of tell somebody, I'm like, you know, I, I'm kind of scared. Yeah. My, you know, and they're like, you're overreacting. Well, no, no, I'm not overreacting because I don't... I'm typically very jaded <laughs> to, to a lot of stuff because, you know, because in, in my particular profession and, and we tend to have to clean up a lot of stuff. Um, or I have, I do, I do quite a bit and there's just some, oh God, I've yeah. had a client. I've actually had one client. I go, I don't even know what the hell your person did. I said, I, I don't, it's like a crazy person constructed this network. There's no, there's no consistency. And I said, even on a basic level, there's basic consistency. People do things differently. They make it more difficult. I've seen that, you know, but in, you know, but IT companies tend to hinder themselves and they're setting themselves into a big, big fall. Um, if they're not, look, no offense to WebRoot, completely understand the product. No offense to McPhee. Okay. Whatever. To each his own, right? <laughs> but, when my dad called me and said, if I would have known this company, their cybersecurity was WebRoot, he goes, I would have never worked for them. <laughs> and I'm just going, they use WebRoot as cybersecurity? Th that's a thing? He goes, yes, Amanda, that's a thing. Okay, well, clearly it's <laughs> not important to me. <laughs> you know? Uh. And my dad works for Microsoft. And, you know? <laughs> and, and I've had him tell me, stop freaking out. Well, dad, you don't, you, you're not, you don't see 
the way that I see. Yeah. You know, that's not your forte. I mean, you're not going to ask me to go wire a whole building, um, execute the cabling and then set up a server. <laughs> <laughs> And turn me loose on it. I was like, I can maintain a server. I know how to get around the server. Um, I was like, but do I want to build the server? No, no. Uh, that's best left for somebody who who exceptionally does well. I, you know, because backups are very important. Yeah. If you're not backing up, I mean, just on a basic level, think about that. Think about how many people could have saved millions upon millions of dollars. Think if Baltimore like the city of Baltimore, what they've been hacked twice. So it was actually city council three years ago, uh, school system last year. The city was almost bankrupt in like a week and a half yeah, because yeah. they couldn't move. And it just happened with just one person opening an email, you know, one person for sure. And I knew that they knew that who that one person was and everybody knew it. And she probably had horrible things happen to her. I feel bad for them. I've actually seen people, they get hacked. They go to another facility or another, uh, another place. And then they get hacked again. It's like, dude, it's not a curse. These people are following you because you're an idiot. And they, <laughs> you're making it easy it's for like, them. It's like deductive reasoning, right? So you go to a complete other location. What's the same? Yeah. It's you. <laughs> you know, common, deno common factor, common denominator. I would say, Mm, well, you know, I think if anybody has to stand in front of uh, state Senate to justify yeah, yeah. millions of dollars being sent yep. in your government entity, you're an idiot. And in fact, I would make it my point in life to make sure you never touched anything yeah. that was IT related ever again. Because you're an idiot. And it all comes down to you're that lazy. You can't back up. <laughs> Yeah, right on. We've kind of danced you know? around this the whole episode so far, but you know, just to, for clarity for people listening, your field is incident response and forensic analysis. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Forensically, um, well, pretty much anything. So if it goes, um, I can I can finagle my way through, um, through a server. I can trace the server very quickly um, to kind of before an incident happened. Um, like I said, I can look at data um data set in on web traffic um pinpoint target audience that does not even appear to be target audience <laughs> um and and then i'm able to basically you know i'm you know i'm a web designer um and graphic designer in trade i didn't want to be an it person I just got thrown into it because it was in our fan, it was in our family. But then uh, the passion for cybersecurity came in um, two or three years ago when I worked for Lisa Carter with Spartan Tech, and she really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. Um, and the passion just followed me because it was something to extend on, and to know that there are people out there who are protecting or are trying to protect. It's a great it's a great thing, and yeah. I knew that I wanted. To, to work for, you know, I wanted to do more government contracting and it wouldn't necessarily be our bread and butter. Um, you know, but WordPress, I, I'm an avid person. Anybody will tell you this. I'm totally against WordPress. I hate WordPress. If I could basically spend the rest of my career and my life educating people on the ways that they do not need to be dealing with WordPress, I would happily do it. <laughs> what platform would you recommend then versus WordPress? Um, I, 
I actually, um, I actually, um, I utilize with my clientele. Um, it's by far the best platform is judoc.co. Um, it's the agency level. So it's, um, you know, it's there, it's AWS, uh, server hosted. Yeah. It does not allow you to have back access to, um, to the files or anything. Everything's locally centralized, but more importantly, they adhere to Google algorithm changes and by far they're superior in that I've organically, I've never seen any, any structure, any platform work that way. Nice. Um, work very well. And it's very, very nice, very nice. Um, it's just a good platform. It's very easy to train people on, you know, look, I appreciate WordPress. I've been around it long enough in my life, but when you have to get, <laughs> when you have to like clear a server out from malware, or your site's been to my hacker site <laughs> and you yeah, yeah. had traffic driving away, <laughs> you know, to another website. <laughs> I'm just like, this is too much. <laughs> For sure. And that, that's, that is one of the biggest vulnerabilities with WordPress too, because I mean, even with reach out, we use WordPress because it integrates with so much. And oh, Rick, but, Rick. but, mm. <laughs> the host, which is the reason why we went with that, is Kinsta. I don't know if you're aware of them or not, but they're they're in <laughs> essence a managed security <laughs> provider for Kin for WordPress. So the the focus is on security, and it's constantly making sure that the updates are are there. They're constantly looking for all the footholds that could be established, and they're on top of it. They're almost like a U for WordPress specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. I'm, I'm lazy. Okay. <laughs> and like I said, I'm a <laughs> well, redhead. Dude, it just so. works, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's just, it's, it's, um, it hits all, it hit all of my pleasure points. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just with customer concerns, the difficulties. I mean, I have, I had trouble releasing a domain name from Wix.com. Okay. And I do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't even, I hate, you know, I just, like I said, I like something that moves. It's congruent. Um, it, the platform changes. The platform's constantly changing. Um, you know, the SSL security certificates get generated automatically now. Um, you know, <clears throat> I mean, they work, uh, the e-commerce Equid, you know, that's a great platform too. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's, it's just phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Because the thing about WordPress is there's a lot of plugins and guess oh, yeah. what? There's a lot of plugins that people get for free yep. or they hire a web developer and spend thousands upon thousands of dollars. Cause let's face it. If I have to deal with WordPress websites, I'm not charging you, you know, peanuts. Yeah, okay? right on. You're, you're getting, you're getting my agitation. <laughs> you know, <thing. laughs> That's funny. That's <laughs> you know, and it's crazy. Yeah, you know? yeah. But look, I know people do it. I know people use it. And I have several clients who still utilize it. However, I just, I, I, I like things to work, you know, for themselves. Um, you know, I mean, I, I had one client, I worked for heavy construction, um, heavy construction sales service and rentals in a Bodunk town. Okay. <clears throat> They're from, they were from Canada or they are from Canada. And, they, I walked in in a WordPress website, yeah. bounced back rate to their website at, before we migrated to Dover was 70%. Okay. That's astronomical. Wow. Like my face actually goes like, what the heck's going on? 
I perfected it so much that by the time I left five and a half years later, their website traffic was highly converting, like a converting, you know, basically anybody who went there, they stayed there because they knew, you know, they knew what they were looking for. They were happy with the content. Yeah. Yeah. We also, you know, were able to sell stuff. People were able to find us and, you know, halfway, you know, in Utah or from, you know, the Midwest, because we offered products that basically were, were short, um, in short supply. Um, you know, so I basically helped pre- the last year I was there, helped the sales guy make his sales, right? He hadn't sold, he hadn't sold a mulching machine all year. And I was basically the reason he, he sold them, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. But when I left, it was 0.1%. Okay. 0.1% when, you know, wow. um, you know, traffic really traffic does say a lot. It says a lot and the bounce bounce back rates. I don't do well. I start to get very uncomfortable over 29%. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. This is awesome. You know, we really didn't get too much into the marketing <laughs> side today. I am, um, geez, I, I'm hoping I can have you back for a, a part two and we can talk about that side of it too. Yeah. That would and be you incredible. Know what? I would love to have Jennifer, my partner on it. Yeah. She's from East Tennessee. That's awesome. She's the glitter. She's the glitter. So <laughs> sweet. I'm like, I'm done peopling for the next six months. Yeah. Don't ask me again. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So there, there we go. I appreciate that. So we'll do a part two specifically around marketing and the forensics and the data analysis around that too, because we're just starting to dabble that. But that's, I've really appreciated our conversation today. This, uh, everyone yeah, listening. Yeah, I think you're amazing. Well, thank you. I think you're amazing. Thank you very much. Let's let's do that. Part two <laughs> is going to be coming up, everyone. And so we'll try to even post those back to back. But stay tuned also because share this out with a lot of people, especially if you're in the cyber industry. And listen afterwards, after we end here, because there's going to be bonus content that we were talking about, Amanda and I, at the very beginning <laughs> of the show, before we, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before we actually started the show. So listen out for that and you'll get some more information. But Amanda... Poplin, the digital sandbox group.com. Thank you That's for being right. on. This has been awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. I can't wait to. Well, I can't wait for you to meet Jennifer. Yes. Awesome. You are going to see a really weird dynamic. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It Part works. Two. But you'll, yep, exactly. Yeah, there we go. <laughs>